0: My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Sisters. sisters. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's get creepy. Mm -hmm. Welcome to another Haunted Happy Hour. And in this Haunted Happy Hour, we are going to dive into some real-life cults and drink some wine. Mm -hmm. So cheers. And... This is one of the ones that I've been looking forward to the most because cult movies is one of my favorite subgenres of horror. So this is a real life horror that's very, very spooky. <laughs> some of the ones that we're going to talk about are ones you guys probably know. Maybe all of them, but maybe not all of them.
1: I, there were some that I didn't know about. Yeah. That I was finding. But one of, of course, the ones
0: the that bands. I have is an MLM. <gasps> oh,
1: seriously? Yeah, and oh, I think they're all yes. pyramid scheme
0: cults, so <laughs> I'm very excited, which we're definitely gonna get a one-star review for this, and I'm so sorry, I said that I would never really like be that controversial and like call them out, but here we are, yeah. I'ma I'm do it. And it's happening. And it's happening.
1: It's happening.
0: So we are drinking Moscato, because we're children. Yeah, well it tastes ch-
1: good. It It
0: does. <laughs> strawberry and peach strawberry strawberry
1: blueberry not banana israeli
0: palestinian (laughs) (laughs) if you know what that is you're an uh, an og (laughs) youtube kid so we are going to talk about real life cults and we mean no offense to the victims of these cults this is just talking about historical facts of these cults and talking about how terrifying they can be Mm -hmm. so watch out
1: for colts. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. Also, don't hate us for pronunciations because some of mine are in different countries that I cannot pronounce. So, All I'm so mine sorry. Are American. So, you that's got the good hard one. <laughs> no,
0: actually, I have a Mexican colt. So, and I have a Russian colt. So, that's a lie. Most of mine are American. So, yep. So, we're going to again talk about colts. I think I've said that for seven times now. I think just five. But <laughs> I think just five. <laughs> you start. You have the
1: I have five. How many you got? Uh, I think five. Okay, cool. So, so
0: we just go back and forth? Yeah. Cool. So- well, I think we also... We did not write down the Manson cult or Jonestown. Right. Because which
1: is something we can just talk about. Well, I think
0: everybody knows the Manson cult murders and Jonestown. So yeah. don't drink the Kool-Aid. That is Jonestown. So if you don't know about Jonestown, this guy... Basically, cults always start with this guy that <laughs> it's not... It's very rarely a woman, or mm-hmm. if it is, she's kind of, like, latched on to a guy.
1: Well, yeah, men are the ones who usually want the power.
0: And the women, and the sex, and the children. Exactly. Which, it's usually polygamy, and they want to impregnate all the women, but... This one, to I'm dumbing it down significantly because I'm assuming a lot of people know about Jonestown. But if you don't, it's one of the most popular cases. Literally, don't drink the Kool-Aid. You've all heard that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Comes from this case and this cult. I think it was in Africa where he went. He was a white man. But mm-hmm. he went to Guyana?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, he got followers here in America. Correct, yeah. And then he took all of his followers to Africa because, you know... It was cheaper, and he could get them in a smaller, smaller, smaller community so they all relied on each other and then really fucked with them and convinced them to kill themselves. And
0: when a super wealthy white man comes over to Africa and he's promising all of these poor people Mm -hmm. the world, basically, it's a lot easier to Mm -hmm. take your nothingness you know i will give you pretty much everything and all you have to do is work for me and give your life to me basically but
1: it's not just african people that were affected there were white families that took their whole families over there and they all died correct that's really sad and it's not even just that he convinced everyone but it became a thing where if they don't drink the kool-aid we're gonna shoot them anyway so you have to
0: correct so he basically poisoned dozens and dozens and dozens of people Mm
1: -hmm.
0: with by poisoning the kool-aid essentially
1: and he killed a congressman
0: he did yeah
1: a real fucked up dude yeah look into it if you don't know about it yes it's so big so we're not going to really talk about it
0: yeah and then of course we all know about manson charles manson so moving from that what do you got
1: the first one i have is adolfo constanzo's santeria cult so Adolfo Constanzo was born in Miami in 1962 and grew up with a traditional Roman Catholic religion. However, he had a fascination with the Santeria religion. It is a cross between the Roman Catholic religion and voodoo. And he may have inherited this from his mother and grandmother, both who he believed were Santeria priestesses. Constanzo became involved with some of the darker occult aspects of Santeria, a side that many followers disavow. After training with a Santeria sorcerer he moved to mexico city and established himself with the local drug lords and crime syndicates he charged the leaders exorbitant prices thousands of dollars to perform santeria rites that would guarantee their safety particularly from their enemies and the police Castanzo's followers worshipped him as if he were a god some of the people who followed him found that they were becoming powerful within their cartels and he tried to extract more money from them as well as positions of power for his own self When people refused, they would mysteriously disappear. When police eventually found the bodies of the people he had killed, what came to light is that he had dismembered many people and used their body parts in his rituals to strengthen his own powers. The official count of people he killed is 23, but it may be as high as four dozen. And the reason that the cops came to his place to find all these bodies was because an American college student went missing and this poor kid was actually in there with the bodies. He just got taken on a trip. Poor guy.
0: That's the thing with these colts. They leave very high body counts. Yes. all Pretty much all of them. The yes. only one that I have that didn't was the MLM one, which is actually a very, very new case, I think. The trial for this case was as new as 2019. Mm -hmm. The one that I'm going to talk about.
1: I had some that don't have high deaths, but they're still really fucked up on what they did to people. Well, and I
0: was, if the body counts not high, the trauma counts high. Uh, Exactly. So the first one I have is actually the longest one I have, so buckle up. (laughs) Right. So I would just like to throw it out there that religions are cults and cults are religions. There, I said it. (laughs) I mean, basically, when it comes
1: down to it, it is a group of people that believe in a religious stature of something. Yep, yep, yep. It's just when you take it too far and you get crazy and start killing people or hurting people, that it's a cult. I mean, a lot of
0: people think that Christians and Muslims and Jews are crazy. Well,
1: they are cults. Even if you historically look at things like Judaism or Christianity, what it originally was way back when, when it first started, they are labeled cults.
0: I mean, now there, look at, there's a whole musical, a Broadway musical that makes fun of Mormons and calls them a cult. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. like, you know, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Heaven's gate. You guys, I would just like to mention that none of my (laughs) animals get to be allowed into recording, but I do have a quiet dog. Well, she's actually very vocal. She likes to talk, but my pit bull actually just lays under the table, but...
1: She licked toes. so, uh,
0: (laughs) So sometimes you get licked. But she may get kicked out. We'll see. So this one is called Heaven's Gate. The son of a Presbyterian minister and a former soldier... Marshall Applewhite began his foray into biblical prophecy in the early 1970s. After being fired from the university of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas, I have two from Texas. I just like to throw that out there.
1: Crazy people are down there.
0: Which is where I hail from.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Crazy people.
0: Just crazy religious people. The Bible belt. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So he was fired from the university of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas over an alleged relationship with one of his male students Which is weird for crazy religious, but I'm not saying there aren't, but it just, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you're that, you know, right wing crazy Mm -hmm. religious. A 44 year old married nurse with an interest in theosophy and it doesn't say theology, theosophy and biblical prophecy in March 1972. Applewhite later recalled that he felt like he had known Nettles for a long time and concluded that they had met in a past life. She told him their meeting had been foretold to her by extraterrestrials, persuading him that he had a divine assignment. This one is about... So many
1: crazy people.
0: Aliens. (laughs) Applewhite and Nettles pondered the life of St. Francis by Assisi and read works by authors including Helena Blavatsky, R.D. Lang, and Richard Bach. They kept a King James Bible with them and studied several patches... Patches... And studied several passages from the New Testament focusing on teachings about Christiology and East Theology. I don't know what any of that stuff is, but I'm assuming it's a uh, crazy religion.
1: Well, mm. it's more the philosophy behind a religion.
0: Eschatology, excuse me. But yes. Mm-hmm. They concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher level minds than other people. They wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A thinly veiled reference to Applewhite. (laughs) He's Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they always think they're a prophet or messiah Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. some sort, you know, not always, but most of the time. Furthermore, they concluded that they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. They believed they would be killed and then restored to life, in view of others transported onto a spaceship. This event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. I have a question. Hmm. You know a little bit more about the Bible than me. Is there any mention of a UFO in the Bible?
1: Um, No, but I mean, you could take anything in the Bible and kind of turn it into a UFO alien stuff. Like that's, I mean, yeah,
0: I was, you know, what's funny is I was watching, there's a trash TV show called 90 day fiance on TLC. I've never actually seen it, Mm -hmm. but I was waiting for another TLC show to come on and they were wrapping up like, you know, when they like get the characters and they set them down with Mm -hmm. an interviewer. This one guy married this Orthodox Catholic, mm-hmm. and he believed in aliens. <laughs> and she was upset did it work about out? no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they were still together, but she was like really upset about it because they wanted kids, and she like did not want.
1: You know, this is why you date someone for longer, people.
0: Well, that's like the whole point of the show, I'm assuming, <laughs> there are right? Things you
1: need to like it, never how, it Yeah, I've n-
0: okay, I've never watched it, but. Now I'm interested. But (laughs) so she was basically saying, I don't want to date someone that believes in aliens. And he was like, all religions are basically misinterpretations of what I believe to be aliens in ancient Egypt. (laughs) Like we saw something and our brains couldn't comprehend it. So we created gods. And I was like, that's what Kristen and I have been saying. <laughs> and then everybody else on 90 Day Fiance was looking at this guy like he was fucking insane. And I was like, Kristen and I mm-hmm. put this out into the world. And yes, this is people how people look there. at us. Absolutely. One thousand percent. Okay. Moving Thank y'all on. for not
1: leaving. I know you think we're crazy. Let's Maybe lie. that's
0: why they listen. They're like, what crazy These shit. are crazy
1: bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait, you got to listen. They believe in aliens. Because
0: I was listening to this guy and I was like, yeah, exactly. And everybody else was like. What the fuck? And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, mm, but but they're talking about extraterrestrials. <laughs> to their dismay, <laughs> these ideas were poorly received by existing religious, received. religious communities. Eventually, Applewhite and Nettles resolved to con- contact extraterrestrials, and they sought like-minded followers. This is our reaching out to you guys <laughs> to be our like-minded followers. <laughs> we're not starting a cult though I
1: promise Mm
0: -mm. not a fan of that
1: we don't like people enough to do that could you imagine being around a a house full of crazy people
0: I don't like public speaking enough see also that like I could do it if I had to but it wouldn't be good enough for people to be like I want to follow her to death
1: that's why we're behind the mic where it's safe
0: right nobody can see us i'm in i'm in but right now i am wearing sweatpants that go just below my knee and then fuzzy boots, um, boots. that don't go up that high and there's like an 8 inch gap between the sweats and boots it's of skin beautiful. I went to the liquor store to get our wine like (laughs) this, and I was like, please nobody look at me. I had a big old coat and then a gap of skin between my knee and my boots. Oh, my God. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. They're like, she's an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) She just came out to get the wine. Oh, geez. Okay. Where am I? This is so much (laughs) typing. I did so much. These cults were a lot of information.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be reading this when we're, like, drinking more, and I'm going to be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking (laughs) about. This is so much... they published ads for meetings where they recruited disciples who they called the crew that's very original (laughs) (laughs) it's just the crew yeah (laughs) at the events they purported to represent beings from another planet the next level again very original who sought participants for an experiment
1: okay why didn't Scientology find this guy and use him because they should have
0: I know because uh their people. L. Ron Hubbard didn't come till the eighties, right? And this started in the seventies. No,
1: cause he or was, was he the seventies?
0: Oh, was he the sixties?
1: feel like, well, because he was. You know, funny World enough, too, right? neither
0: one of us did Scientology. That's yeah. a whole episode. But I do not want to get tracked down by Scientologists. Let me tell you what
1: I was going to, but I got five things and then I stopped.
0: And we're scared. I'm
1: ready. I will take I am not. Oh, I, I will take <laughs> on Scientology. Are... What are they going to do? What are they going to do?
0: Call Leah Remini I don't know. <laughs> She already has a this whole show. Bitch,
1: Kristen and Colorado Springs has a podcast. And
0: <laughs> if I see a weird car come into my cul de sac, <laughs> and after we do something about Scientology, you have to sell my house.
1: <laughs> I have to. You're just I'm like, not I'm doing gone, it. I'm out.
0: They stated that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. Don't they always? In 1975, during a group meeting with 80 people in Joan Culpepper's Studio City home, they shared their simultaneous revelation that they had been told they were two witnesses written into the Bible story of the end time. Later in 1975, the crew assembled in a hotel in Waldport, Oregon. After selling all their worldly possessions and saying farewell to their loved ones, the group vanished from the hotel and from the public eye. That night on the CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reported that the group had disappeared in one of the very first national reports on the developing religious group. In reality, Applewhite and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. From that point, Doe and T, as the two now called themselves, they even shed their earthly names. Dottie? Doe and T, not Dottie. (laughs) Dottie. (laughs) <laughs> Doe and tea <laughs> Led the nearly 100 member crew across the country Sleeping in tents and sleeping bags and begging in the streets So they're panhandlers <laughs> Evading detection by the authorities and media Enabled the group to focus on Doe and Tea's Doe and T's doctrine Of helping members of the crew achieve a higher evolutionary level above human To which they claim to have already reached the crew used numerous methods of recruitment as they toured the United States in destitution proclaiming the gospel of higher level metamorphosis, the deceit of humans by false god spirits, envelopment with sunlight for meditative healing, and the divinity of the UFO2.
1: If ancient aliens was around, this dude wouldn't even have a problem. He just watched that show.
0: I also wonder how much acid.
1: Oh, for sure, right?
0: Cause this is like after the sixties, you know. They mm-hmm. were like, this guy did an acid trip and he was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like his brain. I'm a fucking alien god. <laughs> 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 Throughout the late seventies and early eighties, as their belief system developed around the cult of personalities, cult of person Oh my god, Blue Oyster Cult fucking wrote their song about this. <gasps> What if they're like, "Yeah, we wrote it about this," and I'm having this epiphany, and they've already said that? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sure. "Yeah, <laughs> they, they said that in I interviews." Did <laughs> <laughs> I need a highlighter. <laughs> <clears throat> Throughout the late seventies and early eighties, I'm starting this sentence over <laughs> as their belief system developed around the cult personalities membership grew. Some sociologists agree that the popular movement of the alternative religious experience and the individualism found in the collective spiritual experiences during that period helped contribute to the growth of the new religious movement. That was a long sentence with big words and I didn't even stumble. Good job. Thank you. That's so <laughs> Remarkably, not all of Applewhite's White's crew were hippies. Get this, get this. Recruited from the far left alternative religious backgrounds. In fact, I threw this in here specifically because Trump's in town today. In <laughs> fact, one such recruit early on was John Craig, a respected Republican running for the Colorado House of Representatives at the time of joining in 1975.
1: There were so Good many old cults. Colorado man. Yeah. There were so many cults in the 70s that even got, like we said with Jonestown, the fucking congressman goes down there. Like, how yeah. do they get these big people around them?
0: They're like, uh, wealth, power? But yeah. these people were fucking panhandlers. This mm-hmm. Republican was like, Aliens. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get the people to vote. As recruit numbers grew in its pre-internet days, the clan of UFO followers all seemed to have in common a need for communal belonging in an alternative path to higher existence without the constraints of institutionalized faith. Which sounds to me like these are all just really fucking lonely people. Mm-hmm. Like misplaced or rejected. Oh, that's
1: what cults thrive on. Yeah. it's lonely people. So sad.
0: However, it was not until the death of Nettles in 1985, so his right-hand bitch fucking died, and Applewhite's subsequent revision of the group's doctrines that the crew gained an eventual reputation as a cyberculture form of a religious thought reform by the mid-90s. The group had become reclusive, identifying themselves using the business name, Higher Source, and using their website to proselytize and recruit followers. Rumors began spreading throughout the group in the following years that the upcoming Comet hale
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god. <laughs> <laughs> it leads to death. Don't laugh.
1: <laughs> yes, I know what it leads to. The fact that you made me laugh is messed
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> housed the secret to their ultimate salvation and descendants into the kingdom of heaven. In October 96, the members of T's clan. <laughs> began renting oh a, I'm sorry, I don't know, <laughs> a large home, which they called the Monastery, a 9,200 9, square foot mansion located near Kalina Norte? I don't know. in a gated <laughs> community of upscale homes in Rancho Santa Fe, California. They paid $7,000 a month in cash. Holy fuck. If somebody started doing that, I'd be like, the fuck are you doing in mm-hmm. here? It's drugs, huh? Mm-hmm. In the same month, the group purchased alien abduction insurance, Okay, wait, wait, whoa, what? whoa, whoa, Wait,
1: that's a thing you can purchase? What is going on?
0: One moment. <laughs> One moment. <laughs> Google. Alien. Abduction
1: insurance.
0: No fucking way.
1: How does it work? Open it up.
0: <laughs> UFO abduction insurance. Abducted by eight. A- Florida man offers you I can't tell if it's real there's like how alien abduction insurance works we googled it if you didn't get that from the typing you can buy something called alien abduction insurance if you're worried about the impact an alien abduction might have on your life here's a complete overview we should put this on our website holy
1: fuck like
0: if we find a legit company we should be like sponsor us alien abduction insurance
1: (laughs) people will buy anything
0: Abducted by an alien? Oh my god. Don't you know. want to? <laughs> I'll work on that sponsorship right now. <laughs> I'm gonna start. That's gonna be our first sponsor. It
1: makes me think of Casper. Do you remember right in the beginning of Casper when they're on the TV talking to someone who's talking to ghosts? Yes. It makes me think of that.
0: Great. So, alien abduction insurance is a thing, apparently. So, but this insurance that they got would cover up to 50 members and would pay out 1 million per person. To who? The rest of the members that didn't get abducted. I don't know. The policy covered abduction, impregnation, or death by alien. So, basically, it'd be child support, but alien child support.
1: Who? Who came up with this idea?
0: We're 24 minutes in. This is only my first cult, so buckle (laughs) up.
1: (laughs) Who sells that? Who decided, this is it. This is the job plan that's going to get meals on our table. (laughs) Come on. What
0: if he was the company? Well, that he
1: for sure was. But that doesn't
0: make sense because where's his money? He's got to pay on all these members. I don't know. He has a friend. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he has a friend. On March 19th and 20th in 97, Marshall Applewhite taped himself in Doe's final exit, speaking on... This isn't funny, but I don't know why I laughed. I'm sorry. Speaking of mass suicide and the only way to evacuate this earth, after asserting that a spacecraft was trailing Comet hale and that this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate, Applewhite persuaded 38 followers to prepare for ritual... This is a bad page term. Suicide. So their souls could board the supposed craft. Applewhite believed that after their deaths, an unidentified flying object would take their souls to another level of existence above human, which he described as being both physical and spiritual. Their preparations included each of the members videotaping a farewell message. To kill themselves, members took phenobarbital mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. Additionally, they secured plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to to induce asphyxiation. All 39 were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants, brand new black and white Nike Decades shoes, and armband patches reading Heaven's Gate's Away Team, one of many instances of the group's use of the Star Trek fictional universe nomenclature. Each member had on their their person a $5 bill and three quarters in their pocket. The $5 bill was to cover vagrancy fines while members were out on jobs, while the quarters were to make phone calls. Once dead, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head. They then posed the body so that it lay neatly in their own bed, while faces and torsos were covered by a square purple cloth for privacy. The identical cloth clothing was used as a uniform for the mass suicide to represent unity, whilst the Nike Decades were chosen as the group got a good deal on the shoes."
1: That's oh, I'm good. not done
0: yet. <laughs> the 39 adherents, 21 women and 18 men were between the ages of 26 and 72 are believed to have died in three groups over three successive days while remaining participants cleaning up after each prior group's death.
1: He- they did this over three days? Mm-hmm. Holy shit.
0: Heaven's Gate members believe the planet Earth would be recycled, wiped, clean, renewed, refurbished, and rejuvenated before 2027 and the only chance for their consciousness to find sometimes a solar mind to survive was to leave their human bodies at an appointed time initially the group had been told that they would be transported with their bodies on board the spacecraft that would come to earth and take the crew to heaven referred to as the next level when bonnie lou nettles died of cancer in 1985 it confounded apple white's doctrine because nettles was allegedly chosen by the next level to be a messenger on earth yet her body died instead of leaving physically to outer space The belief system was then refined, as they do when they're proven wrong, to include the leaving of consciousness from the body as equivalent to leaving the Earth in a spacecraft. While the group was against suicide, they defined suicide in their own context to mean to turn against the next level when it is being offered, and believed their human bodies were only vessels meant to help them on their journey. Suicide, therefore, would not be... Suicide, therefore, would be not allowing their consciousness to leave their human bodies to join the next level. Remaining alive instead of participating in group suicide was considered suicide of their consciousness. In conversation, when referring to a person or a person's body, they routinely use the word vehicle.
1: Sounds a lot like Scientology.
0: Doesn't it? But it's not. Heaven's Gate. (laughs) Aliens. (laughs) Or they hoped, but it was just suicide.
1: It was really interesting. I just think, like, I've known a bit about Heaven's Gate, kind of what they did. They killed themselves to get on How About Comet. As most do. Yeah, but that's basically all I knew, so that was kind of interesting. Yep. Mine are much shorter than yours.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I just, you know, it's hard to pick and choose what's interesting because they all have, like, such crazy beliefs, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was always that kid in college that was like, just make notes about what's important. And I wrote the whole fucking PowerPoint. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not good at research.
1: I'm more of, I'll give you some tips about it, and if you guys want to find out more, go ahead. So, the next one I have is the Moonies. Which, if anybody watches the Scientology show with Leah Remini, they do talk about it a little bit, so. So, the Moonies are a group of people, I'm pretty sure Korea, it does say in this, but they didn't give enough background, and unfortunately I didn't notice before for you guys. So, the Moonies are a cult in Korea. It's a husband and wife and it is a cult I'm pretty sure they're still around oh interesting that they haven't killed themselves yet yeah they bring on a lot of people just like every other cult they convince them about this stuff they marry them there's a lot of sexual assault rape things like that in this Oof. type of culture so some of the marriages were between individuals who might have never even met each other, such as one between a 71-year-old Catholic archbishop from Africa and a 43-year-old acupuncturer from Korea. Couples were forbidden to consummate their marriage for 40 days to prove that their marriage was about more than sex. In
0: 19- <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I know so many people that got married like straight out of high school because they were really religious. <laughs> That's funny to me. <laughs> Go ahead. In 1988,
1: when Moon married 6,000... 516 people in one mass ceremony, he entered the Guinness Book of World Records. When the movement spread to the United States, many parents became outraged that he brainwashed their children, many of whom were teenagers or in college, to sell all their possessions to him and enter into a scandalous marriage with a stranger. I mean, yeah, I'd be fucking pissed off if a random fucking guy came to my college student and brainwashed them
0: i mean he had to be really fucking persuasive to take all my shit because i'm very materialistic <laughs> like
1: how attractive <laughs> is this guy he's not you can look him up it's a uh, little asian dude he's and his wife that's it
0: is she attractive the unification church god damn mm-hmm. look at all those fucking people
1: uh-huh I mean, it
0: looks 6, like a blasty blast. yeah, I know,
1: right? Six thousand people that didn't even know each other. That Guinness is enabling. Oh, this I is totally Guinness's agree. fault. I thought to the other night <laughs> and I was like, I want a Guinness World Record,
0: Something. Six I'm gonna marry the most <laughs> people that has ever been married.
1: Exactly. So that didn't have any death in it, but uh taking money, selling people into marriages. That's why I would
0: start a cult. Give me all your money. <laughs> Okay, this is my MLM one. Ooh, really? It's not even a whole page. Are you proud of me? Yes. My information's kind of jumbled up, so I may not read the whole thing. I may just kind of talk about it. This is Nexium MLM, which means multi level marketing pyramid scheme, which is not the same, but it is. <laughs> it even though, no, well, <laughs> well. your local. Do Terra slash Beachbody slash Avon slash Mary Kay slash Unique slash Herbalife slash Scentsy. Just pick one, we'll tell you that they're not the same. But they are. (laughs) That actually got labeled. A cult. Now, what I will tell you is this one's way worse than any of those, even though I think they are all predatory. <laughs> this one
1: actually does. Actually like, is. Really bad stuff. Yes.
0: Okay. So here are the beliefs. Nexium featured a 12 point mission statement, which participants recited, pledging to purge themselves of all parasite and envy based habits, to enroll others in such courses, and to ethically control as much of the money, wealth, and resources of the world as possible within my success plan. That was kind of their mission statements. Photographs of Rainier and Mack, which were the two leaders, were displayed during classes, which would conclude with participants showing gratitude to the two leaders. Allison Mack got up there with the leader. She
1: was an actress in
0: Smallville back
1: in the day. I was going to say, I know that fucking name. Mm-hmm. That's her? Mm-hmm. Okay, I've heard something about a cult, so I'm excited to hear the rest of it. All okay. right, all right. Go.
0: Nexium conducted intensives classes for 12 hours daily for 16 days one-sided price was $7,500. The way, okay, so the way that multi-level marketing works is you do sell a product, but your main mission is to get people to join under you to also sell the products.
1: So Scientology.
0: So pyramid schemes. Yeah. So Herbalife was actually just find a lot of money for being a pyramid scheme. So was LuLaRoe and but they're not pyramid schemes and multi little marketing. no it's a fucking pyramid scheme you just have found loopholes to the system um, the legal system is starting to catch up but you're fucking shilling out shit you're i'm not going to get into why i think that mlms are predatory that's a, a rant for something that's not for this podcast mm-hmm. that's just a personal belief that i hold mm-hmm. and i don't believe that all people that shill that are bad people i think that they themselves got preyed upon that's just my opinion. But that doesn't matter. I I guess I'm sorry if that's something that you do. I guess. Yes. <laughs> it depends, I guess, on the situation. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so... Basically, this is kind of the same way you, you do this one thing, but you, your goal is to recruit people to do it underneath you and kind of be like a coach or a mentor. Mm -hmm. Also, if you sell weight loss products, you're not a fucking coach. Let's get that straight. I would just like to throw that out there. Classes were divided into modules. In one module, Relationship Sourcing, students were instructed to explore the benefits they would receive in the event of a partner's sudden death. Whoa! Another module, Dracula and His Ghouls, reportedly discussed psychopaths and their followers. Other module titles included Best People, Perfect World, and The Heroic Struggle. Nexium, a self-described American multi-level marketing company based near Albany, New York, offered personal so this is kind of going into a little bit more the how they described it, personal and professional developmental sem- seminars through its executive success programs. So
1: they're going to try to make you a better person. It's a seminar thing, not like a Correct. selling Correct. Like a business.
0: Okay. Yeah. You just pay for it, and then you try to get other people to take the classes. And the more people, from what I understand, you get to take the classes, the higher up in the company you get.
1: Okay, so I need to be real nerdy for a second. Uh-huh. Divert. There's an episode of Buffy, actually, of Angel.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Where this happens, but with vampires. You have to bring three people, and you turn one, and you keep two to eat.
0: Pyramid Scheme Buffy. Yes. Yes.
1: The company has widely been described
0: as a cult and alleged to have been a a recruiting platform for a secret society in which women were branded and forced into sexual slavery.
1: Whoa! Yeah. That jumped? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) In early 2018, Nexium founder Keith Rainier and his associate, actress Allison Mack, were arrested and indicted on federal charges related to DOS, including sex trafficking others associated with nexium were also charged with federal crimes as of april 2019 five people are associated with nexium um including its their co-founders um seagram heiress and bookkeeper had pleaded guilty to various charges rainier's federal trial. heiress
1: mm-hmm. like the drink seagram it says
0: seagram what the fuck man I oh, don't know. Rich people yeah. are bored. Yeah. <laughs> Eat the rich. <laughs> Rainier's federal trial began on May 7th, 2019. On June 19th, 2019, a federal district court in Brooklyn convicted Rainier, starting with reports on, um, starting with reports on the Frank Report be- blog in June 2017 and bolstered by an October 2017 article in New York Times, details began to emerge about DOS, that a secret sisterhood within Nextium, in which female members were allegedly referred to as slaves... Branded like with cow brands with the initials of Rainier and Mac, subjected to corporal Ooh. punishment from their masters, and required to provide nude photos or other potentially damaging information about themselves as collateral. Law enforcement representatives have alleged that members were forced into sexual slavery with threats of blackmail.
1: Blackmail.
0: I had to give nude photos and all that shit as collateral money.
1: I would not be a sexual slave over that. I'd be like, blackmail me, okay? Post them on everything. I don't care.
0: Or just the fact that they were brainwashed. She'd use brainwashing tactics and stuff. A Canadian actress who had been an ESP participant since 2005 said that she left Nexium after Mac inducted her into the DOS after proceeding the preceding march at her home in Albany. Edmondson alleged that participants were br- blindfolded naked, held down by Mac and three other women, and branded by Nexium affiliate Dr. Daniel Roberts using a cauterizing pen appearing on an A&E television program about Cults Edmonton would provide additional context on the use of collateral concepts stating that it was used in, in a, innocuous forms from the earliest to outermost stages of Nexium in order to acclimatize its victims for example collateralizing small amounts of money that one might forfeit if one did not go to the gym one day the times would later report that hundreds mem- of members left Nexium after Edmonton went public about her experience
1: i wonder what the smallville actors think now of her I've
0: thought that she's evil.
1: Yeah. What do you, like, oh my God, that one time. Do you remember when she said that? Maybe that was. Okay. So I'm going to butcher this one.
0: Um, (laughs) Shinrikyuko.
1: So, uh, just to simplify it for a second. If you guys heard about years ago in the nineties, there was a cult that blew up a subway station or tried to. This is them.
0: In Korea? Japan
1: Mm, Is it an Asian cult? um, It is an Asian cult. I thought they went to a different country, but it looks like Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot about that part. Okay. I'm not going to say the name again, but (laughs) they were a (laughs) Japanese doomsday cult led by Shogo Ashihara. It operated under the front of being a yoga style organization and its teachings were a conglomeration of Buddhist, Hindu, and apocalyptic beliefs.
0: Wait, 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 wait. I thought those were peaceful.
1: I don't know, I'm pretty sure You're like, um,
0: the world's going to end. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'd be like, what? It's <laughs> Kumi, <laughs> this what is not it? why I come here. That makes me nervous. Are you so- That's the opposite of reducing my anxiety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> However, the message preached by Ashihara was that anyone outside the cult was doomed to go to hell. The only way for them to be saved was to be killed by members of the Aum Shinriiko.
0: So they had to kill the world for us to be saved. Yes. Okay.
1: Thereby alleviating them to a higher spiritual state. Thereby elevating them to a higher spiritual state. The group operated its own research and development center where its members amassed firearms and prepared chemical weapons. I'm pretty sure it's not R&D. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. On March 20th, 1995, members of the cult boarded the Tokyo subways at rush hour with bags containing the nerve agent known as sarin. They punctured the bags and within seconds, people on the subway began vomiting and choking.
0: A total- How awful. Yeah.
1: A total of 13 people died and many more were injured in what was the worst terrorist attack in Japan's modern history. The cult's members later tried unsuccessfully to release hydrogen cyanide into crowded subway stations. At least seven members of the Ayum Shuriko have been executed by hanging for the attacks. Today-
0: Damn. They still hang. Did, I guess, in the 90s or early 2000s?
1: I guess. Hmm. I mean, in Japan, they're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Today, they are still in existence and they have many followers, though its members claim that they no, no longer hold the violent ideology of Sojo Ashara. I think if you're going to hang people, you should probably just take down the cult, too.
0: You know, <laughs> don't leave the real
1: dangerous people around.
0: You know, I have to give them one little thing here. Mm-hmm. One one tiny little prop. Mm-hmm. Tiny little prop. Mm-hmm. at least they did it out of the like a good intention they
1: tried to send people to heaven i mean i guess them.
0: all cults have good intentions except for the next one but
1: i mean this is getting real dark but something from my childhood i remember a little girl that i went to school with was murdered by her father one night and that's why he did it was he wanted to make sure she went to heaven
0: jesus that sounds like mental illness
1: <laughs> very much so he was Oof. schizophrenic
0: oh god yeah, that's really sad. Moving on.
1: Mm-hmm. This one its kind of all over the
0: place because when you look this up, it's more about, like, the end game than their beliefs.
1: Well, it's because it was more about how the government reacted to them, which was very poorly.
0: And, right.
1: Very poorly. Because
0: this had been around for a long time until this one dude came in. And they
1: should have left him alone. They had no rights. So this is
0: uh, the Branch Davidians and the Waco siege. So the Branch Davidians is an offshoot of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist church founded in 1959 by Ben Rodden. Him and his followers took over the Davidian commune in Waco, Texas, known as Mount Carmel in 1962. So the problem here is not them. The problem here is Vernon Howell, who later changed his name Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we'll call him Vernon Howell until later his he changed his name to Koresh or Koresh.
1: David Koresh.
0: Yes David Koresh. Vernon Howell arrived at the compound in 1981 and he was initially well received by everyone. Howell had an affair with then prophetess of the branch Davidians Lois Rodden while he was in his late 20s and she was in her late 60s. Howell wanted a child with her who, according to his understanding, would be the chosen one.
1: And he obviously never went to health class because she barren at that point.
0: Yeah, menopause is a thing. (laughs) And most women go through that in their late 40s, early 50s, mid 50s. If you're late. Yes. Right. When she died, her son George Rodden inherited the positions of prophet and leader of the commune. However... George Rodden and Howell began to clash, obviously, because he had giant ego problems. Howell soon enjoyed the loyalty of the majority of the Branch Davidian community. As an attempt to regain support, George Rodden challenged Howell to raise the dead, going as far to exhume a corpse in order to demonstrate his spiritual supremacy. This illegal act gave Howell an opportunity to attempt to file charges against Rodden, however he was told he needed evidence. This led to the raid on November 3rd, 1987, of the Mount Carmel Center by Howell and seven of his followers, equipped with five .223 caliber semi-automatic rifles, two twenty-two caliber rifles, two 12-gauge shotguns, and nearly 400 rounds of ammunition. Their objective seemed to be to retake the land that Howell had left three years earlier. Although they claimed to have been trying to obtain evidence of the Rodden's illegal activity, they did not come equipped with a camera. So they basically tried to stage him with a dead body. Mm -hmm. So everybody kind of knows this story. Mm -hmm. The reason I chose this is because I actually when this happened, uh, not when this happened, but um, because this happened, I was born in 92 and this happened in 93. So I was not alive for this. But I heard about this when I was a young child because there was a piece done on this. I was actually sitting in my mom's car and they were talking about it on the radio and the fact that someone thought they were so important that they were a prophet. And again, I was raised religious. I was like, Mm -hmm. somebody said they were basically Jesus and people believed
1: them Mm -hmm. and it
0: like didn't fuck with me. I wasn't like messed up, but I was just like, why would people believe that? Mm -hmm. And then Waco was, I was in Dallas and I had some family that went to Baylor and like, you know, Baylor was kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of close to where that happened and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. You know? So, anyways, you probably, you guys probably know this one. It's kind of one of those, you know, pretty well known ones. But basically, this basically ended in him taking the compound
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he became David Goresh. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember, I didn't write down why he changed his name.
1: I yet. don't know. They just tend to do that. But also, he probably just wanted to rap in with Branch Davidians. He's David now. Yeah. I would assume.
0: Yeah. But he practiced polygamy. He wanted all the wives and all the children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was preparing for an apocalypse. He was preaching an apocalypse. He stocked this compound with, like, I mean, just that before he even, like, really took over all those weapons. I just listed for this one go in. Oh, yeah. And
1: that's what got him on the government radars. Exactly. Because he was buying all these firearms.
0: Exactly. And that's exactly what... I was about to say he believed there was an impending apocalypse. Knew a stockpiling ammunition in the compound, and ATF got word of this, and issued a warrant for his arrest. And then there was a standoff. After the raid, ATF agents established contact with Koresh, and the FBI took command because there were deaths of agents mm-hmm. and managed to facilitate the release of 19 children without their parents relatively early into the negotiations. The children were then interviewed by the FBI and the Texas Rangers. Allegedly, the children had been physically and sexually abused long before the raid. On April 19, 1993, the FBI moved for final siege of the compound using large weaponry such as a fifty caliber 12.7 millimeter rifles and armored combat engineer vehicles to combat the heavily armed Branch Davidians. The FBI attempted to use tear gas to flush out the Branch Davidians without bloodshed. Officially, FBI agents were only permitted to return any incoming fire not to actively assault the Branch Davidians. When several Davidians opened fire, the FBI's response was to increase the amount of tear gas being used. Around noon... Three fires broke out simultaneously in different parts of the building. The government maintains the fires were, again, the government. Throwing that out there. The government maintains the fires were deliberately started by Branch Dividians. Some Branch Dividian survivors maintain that the fires were started either accidentally or deliberately by the assault survivors. Of the 85 Branch Davidians in the compound when the final siege began, 76 died on April 19th in various various ways, from falling rubble to suffocating effects of the fire or by gunshot wound from fellow Branch Davidians. The siege lasted 51 days. 51 days. That is almost two full months mm-hmm. of siege. Can I share some stuff? Of course.
1: Only because I've. Just, I watch stuff about cults. Yes. So I'm not saying that I agree with the Branch Davidians on anything, but here is some of the other side of it. The Branch Davidians, when they first started out, were basically just a small, weird way to put it, but mom and pop religion. They were religion.
0: Well, it was a sect of uh, Seventh-day Adventists that the Seventh-day Adventists basically just kind of rejected their
1: exactly part of they weren't the belief. They weren't doing any of this molestation. They weren't doing any of that. That was David Koresh when he ruined that. So I feel yeah. very bad about the sun because they have been established
0: since the 30s yes. and this was the i mean this was the 90s when this happened exactly
1: so they were actually a really peaceful people until a this cult leader one guy. took it over yeah and i also would like to mention that i'm not saying that either side did anything wrong i guess in this scenario but the only reason that the government raided them was because of how many guns they were collecting That's it. Now I'm not saying those guns weren't going to be used someday because they were. Like, he was fucking crazy. They were absolutely going to be used. But they really had no reason for this to happen. And...
0: Especially in Texas.
1: (laughs) The people that survived of the Branch Davidians were fucking pissed off. They didn't want to be saved. They were super fucking happy. Their families were happy. They even... You even mentioned it, that allegedly sexual assault had happened and things like that. All of those kids, all of the adults always say, that never happened. Even after they've gone through their brainwashing classes, they're like, that never happened. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that wasn't terrible, because it was going to be. He was going to do something bad with all those fucking guns. But that's why the government gets a bad rap for when they did it.
0: Well, and like you said, this religion, or this sect of the Seventh-day Adventists, had been around since the 30s. Mm-hmm. And this guy didn't come in until the 80s. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it takes one bad to ruin it. Person to ruin it. Because they just kind of went off on their own. Kind of like the Mormons, you know.
1: <laughs> kind of like Jonestown. They just yeah. wanted to be with each other and hang out. And even Jonestown, they, there were lots of families that were already together before they even met him. So, yeah, yeah, you know, It's just sad. Yeah. The rest of these, I have never heard of before. So, this was kind of interesting. The Order of the Solar Temple. The Order of the Sol- Solar Temple was an esoteric cult that merged Gnostic... <laughs> I know what it is. Gnosticism. is Whatever. Alien beliefs, <laughs> the occult, and other out-of-mainstream elements to create a creed that centered on establishing a correct order of authority and power. The members believed that they were heralding the second coming of Jesus Christ, as well as creating a unified belief system for both Christianity and Islam. The Order of the Solar Temple was primarily regarded as a secret society, mainly based in Switzerland and France, and few people outside of its cloisters had access to information about its goings-on. In October 1994, one of the cult's leaders, Joseph de Mambro, ordered the murder of a three-month-old boy because he believed that the infant was the Antichrist, born into the group to keep de Mambro from becoming the leader. He then held a ritual last supper, Just a few days before different groups of the Order of the Solar Temple began committing mass suicide.
0: Last Supper, they always think of Jesus.
1: Some groups committed suicide in chapels that were adorned with symbology of the Knights Templar, suggesting that the mass suicides were rituals ordered as part of the cult's religious beliefs. In some cases, the buildings where they committed suicide were set to detonate so that the souls of the deceased would be purified with fire. The mass suicides continued for three
0: years. Jesus, that's a long Usually they last for like three days A day, he, three like, holy years Holy shit,
1: he killed a three month old baby And y'all still Still followed him for three years A three month old baby, why even get pregnant
0: mm-hmm. The Russian Doomsday wrong cult. <laughs> <laughs> the true Russian. Refi- refi- <laughs> Wait, let me drink more <laughs> The true Russian Orthodox Church was an independent... (sighs) (laughs) Independent. Also, these are Russian names, so good luck, me. (laughs) (laughs) Was an independent Russian Orthodox-like doomsday cult founded by Piotr Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov. The self-name of the group was Heavenly Jerusalem. The group broke away from the Russian Orthodox Church, considering it insufficiently Orthodox... (laughs) Its members were not allowed to eat processed food, watch television, or handle money. They rejected barcodes, national ID numbers, and passports because they contained satanic symbols, or the number of the beast. In November 2007, between 29 and 35 members of the group holed up themselves in a cave near a village, threatening mass suicide if authorities tried to intervene. Kuznetsov had told them to hide themselves away to await the end of the world which he predicted would take place in May 2008. Kuznetsov himself was not with the group but had been placed under police arrest. On March 28, 2008, seven women who had holed up in a cave for months were being treated by emergency workers, regional officials said. Three days later, 14 members emerged from the cave after melting snow caused part of the cage to collapse. On April 3, 2008, Kuznetsov was taken to a hospital where officials said that he may have attempted suicide after realizing his prediction had been wrong. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shocking. No way. No way. (laughs) Do you remember in 2011, this guy predicted the end of the world? Not the 2012 one, but like in May 2011, this guy predicted the end of the world. And it was like, you know, everybody was like talking about it. I was in Disney World. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. In subsequent years, he was in a psychiatric ward with a diagnosis of paranoia. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> in 2016, the court once again extended the period of his compulsory treatment at the request of the chief of regional psychiatric clinic. On May 16th, 2008, the last nine members of the cult emerged from the bunker due to the toxic fumes from... Produced by two cult members who had died over the winter. i oh fucking giving <laughs> On May twenty first, after removing the bodies of the dead, the cave was blown up. Officially it was done because of its danger to the local population and curious tourists. After leaving the cave, most of the sect members left the village except for one family. Several people moved to a deaf village in Belarus. Head of the family... I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Head of the family remaining in the village, I also cannot pronounce, in 2012, continued to live with his wife and three children without electricity or passports. <laughs> he still waited till that the end... He still waited that the end time will come soon. Oh like, he God. still is like... Is
1: waiting for it. Eventually,
0: the end of the world is going to come and I'm going to be here without a passport or processed food or TV or power or, or what, you know? I
1: mean, a lot of those things are probably good things, like no processed food go you dude yeah i don't know if i can do it go you i mean you Credit don't really cards need, need a, you
0: don't really need a passport you do kind of need money but i guess if you're not eating processed food you could probably grow a lot of it but exactly. you're in russia <laughs> <Exactly>. so...
1: <laughs> well you had your russian names and uh what you got uganda so oh, wish God. me luck oh, yeah. <laughs> all right last one The Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. That is a long name.
0: Wait, what? The Movement of the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Okay. Go. In
1: 1989, which is the year I was born, so woohoo. In 1989, in Uganda, a man named Paolo Kashakun met Joseph Kibwatir. You're (laughs) obvious. Both of whom claimed to have seen images from God. The visions consisted of things like the Virgin Mary and Jesus Christ. We're going to go with first names because I can't do the last names, so...
0: I skipped so many names, it's okay.
1: <laughs> Paolo reported sites of his deceased daughter. Together they formed a breakaway religious movement that they called the Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Goddamn. Page turn. <laughs> the Ten Commandments figured heavily into the group's ideology, as did the apocalyptic belief that the world would end at midnight on the dawn of, y- of the year 2000.
0: Why do so many people want the world to end?
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. Proceed.
1: <laughs> I do not have a good answer for you on that one. I'm sorry. I would come up with something, but the group gave many followers who were disaffected with the Roman Catholic Church in Uganda. Way to go, us! Mm-hmm. But when January 1st, 2000 came and went without anything remarkable happening, the group began to unravel. The leaders set new dates for when the end of the world would come, but it still didn't happen. March 17, 2000 became a modern, predicted day of the apocalypse, and on that day, those who were still faithful gathered in a church to pray. The church was set on fire by Joseph, and 530 people died. Hundreds more were killed when he threw them into walls or killed them through other means. All told, 778 people died.
0: Jesus, dude.
1: Yeah. That one's really messed up like he set them on all on fire he put them all in a church and burned it he kept saying the world was gonna end and he kept getting proven wrong so he just fucking killed them all
0: he's like your world's gonna end watch
1: i mean he killed himself too with it just kill yourself then i know like, right why God. you gotta bring all these fucking people with you cults are scary yeah don't cults scare me more than serial killers i can hear about serial killers all day Break me out.
0: But they don't kill mass amounts of people. I think that's why spree killers interest me more than serial killers do. They mm-hmm. always have. Like school shooters and stuff. Mm-hmm. That interests me more than serial killers do. Like, yeah, serial killers are interesting in the way that they are scary, like hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, like they. Yeah,
1: they're fascinating. They're like
0: predators, like in the wild. You mm-hmm. know, they'll take down and they'll stalk a prey. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of nature y to me, mm-hmm. you know, where it's not in my opinion quite as scary Mm -hmm. a spree killer to me or a cult leader is way scarier to Mm me for someone to be that masterful at manipulating mass amounts of people
1: Mm -hmm. and all people want to do is be around each other and and love each other families and fun community not be alone that's it Mm -hmm. and they get used and abused and killed how fucking sad is that? No wonder people would st- stick with big religions like Catholicism and things like that. Presbyterian. Yeah. yeah. It's safer. <laughs> just do that. <laughs> exactly. Go, go
0: to your community church on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and just fucking do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't be in a cult. If somebody's like, hey, I think I'm going to start my own religion, be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> And if anybody's like, I am Jesus, or I am a Messiah, or I am a prophet, be like, you are not. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to Um, No, you're not. If somebody's like, I am the second coming of Christ, it's going to suck if they really are, because I'm going to be like... (laughs) I know,
1: right? No. One of these is going to be someday, and we're going to be like...
0: I have seen way too many documentaries to know (laughs) that no, you are not. They're going to be born in Scientology. (gasps) (laughs) Judas. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you. Hope you enjoyed this little drive down (laughs) Colt Avenue. Sorry
1: it wasn't very put together or, yeah.
0: None of the happy hours are.
1: (laughs) We like do research, but then we're like, we kind of miss Alcohol. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Look at all these pages I did. I
1: know. <laughs>
0: I'm going to have to pick that up now. Yeah, you are. So I'm going to go do that, so... <laughs> Thank you so much to our patrons. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Extra Sisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Extra Sisters. And you can become a patron and join our little family of bonus content and extra giveaways at patreon.com slash The Extra Sisters Podcast. We love you patrons and thank you very
1: much for putting up with us more than the other people. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> that it? Yeah. And Until next time, stay creepy.